0: This is a Kitty Pod production. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey man! Welcome to episode number one hundred and fifty of the Keep It to Yourself Podcast. Just think, we're a half century away from the big two hundred. But let's focus on the present, shall we? And I shall do that by saying that my name, of course, and as always is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a plus pussy imitator, assassinator, baby. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your real This, of course, is the most above-average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location that's not the Rolling Hills of Saratoga County, New York. I'm recording this intro on Friday, the 18th of February, 2022, nearing a holiday weekend here in the united states of america president's day as it's called washington's birthday whatever you want to call it and i hope that this episode finds you well and in a good place in your life your headspace all that sort of thing what are we talking about this week well this is an historic occasion coming up here for something that's been part of my life in and out here in new york's capital region as a lifelong resident thereof and that is the 100th anniversary of of a landmark radio station we're very lucky to have it with us here wgy we'll talk more about that later on so two milestones being celebrated here this week let's get to the social media before we get the party started as it were you can follow this podcast on twitter at keep you can also follow us on facebook there's the keep it to yourself facebook page right there and coming soon i promise the kitty pod instagram feed that's where uh, you'll find out about new episodes of this podcast and my sister podcast, CR Crime. That's my true crime podcast. So, you'll certainly be in the know on that one. Hopefully, we'll get that going for too long. You've been priming this, this for a month and a half. Oh, sorry. You misspoke. <laughs> oh, jeez. First time I ever did that. I, normally, have him as comic relief, but he messed up there. He tripped right out the gate. But anyway, we're going to get to the vanity portion here and. There's been a good deal happening. and I've got to talk Super Bowl here. I hate to talk Jason Sports Corner out the gate, but um, I found out on a Zoom chat with only three people, one of whom was yours truly, as I was the host, that my friend Dave had a Super Bowl party going. He was a little uh, leery about having guests over with this Omicron way, but now that cases, as far as COVID are concerned, are heading steadily down, you know, our governor Kathy Hochul. Just decided to loosen the mask mandate here at work. It's not so you'd notice. We still got to have masks on if we're away from our workstations But that's all by the by so public places, you know MVP arena in Albany where I'm coming to you from today or nearby really uh, some shopping malls some other places have Gone about doing away with the mask mandate here Our boss said we're gonna follow Fauci's lead or Rochelle Walensky and all the folks down there at the CDC Hoco can, you know, pretty much kick rocks as far as he's concerned. That's my boss, by the way. Anyway, we're getting off track. So, back to the lecture at hand, or let's try to get there. I had found out that he had a Super Bowl party going. He didn't put it on his, like, the uh, Facebook events section. So, I was unaware of it until the night before. And I said, well, I already have plans made. I'm going to be celebrating at home, watching the game and all that. So, there you go right there. Well... The week before, I had gotten what I thought were chicken wings, and those have become a real casualty of all the supply chain issues here in the States going to the supermarket. What I thought were chicken wings were actually big-ass drumsticks. Those have got to be the biggest-ass chicken wings in the history of ever, let me tell you. And my dad kept correcting me, he said, I'm recording my car. I don't know if you heard that beep. I'm actually back in my quote-unquote mobile recording studio. I'm back to doing that now. I'll explain why later. So we had the drumsticks, tossed them in the, you know, in, like uh, barbecue sauce. We put them in the wing sauce that I had gotten the day previous at the this certain big box supermarket chain. Definitely not a sponsor. Got some mozzarella. Well, we didn't get mozzarella sticks. We had jalapeno poppers. Got that before, and that was a nice little night right there. So. I'm I'm stumbling here, folks. I apologize. But anyway, let's get to the game itself. I thought, you know, the Super Bowl was going to be a letdown. We had those four exciting games during the divisional playoff. Then we got the conference championship. we were thinking, oh, this is going to be a major letdown. Those two were absolutely fantastic. But now we got the Super Bowl and worried, well, the biggest stage of them all, this is going to be a letdown. It was just going to be your average Super Bowls, which would make that a letdown in and of itself. But things got exciting towards the end. I was hoping Cincinnati would win it. There were the underdogs going in. Joe Burrow, uh, second-year quarterback, two years removed from a national title. I don't know how many. There's like a few quarterbacks who have won both a Super Bowl and a national college championship, have those on their resume. But it was not to be for Joe Burrow. Matthew Stafford, really benefited the change of scenery. Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham Jr., those guys got in there right at the end. It wasn't exactly two touchdowns in 13 seconds for the Buffalo Bills like in the AFC Divisional Playoff, but it was an exciting end to the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald really showed his stripes. Cooper Cup is your MVP, and the Los Angeles Rams have their first house since they are in St. Louis. The greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner and all that. And by the way, Dick Vermeil, congrats to him getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer. So, it was a great game. It was a great playoffs. That was a very exciting end. I know 18 games of the regular season. I don't know if we're going to have an encore this season. It's going to be a tough act to follow, let me tell you. So, that's been it. As for trying to talk with members of my family about what's going on with housing and all that, with you know what happened, what's going to happen to my accommodations once my dad passes away, I'll be talking to my sister about that, and here's hoping she don't wig out well if you talk carefully about it there's no reason you should okay there you go it's good advice at least you're helpful for once well thank you all right now kindly go away so there's that so looking forward to the holiday weekend Uh, we're not going to have work on monday we're going to be closed up for the holiday weekend so that's it that's the vanity portion however disjointed it was and that sets us up for the main event of the evening or the morning or the afternoon or whenever you're going to be listening to this and that is wgy at 100 oh just one more little thing i tease in i forgot to pay it off here i just want to let you know i'm recording during the day here because i've noticed something i don't know if it's fatigue or the zooth or i don't know what's going on but I've been wanting to record these podcasts at night because that's when I have the most time. I certainly don't want to do this first thing in the morning, especially during the week when I have to be laser focused on getting to my work and all that, and fighting traffic and this, that, and the other. But uh, I've been wanting to do that, but I've been uh, yawning up quite a storm there. 7 30, It's 8 o'clock. It's, uh, I'm not in peak condition. The last thing you want to hear is me yawning while trying to fluff my way through the podcast. Well, that would make a great improvement. Oh, you're back again. Oh, get out of here. Jeez. Don't ever change, bud. So, I'm just telling you the truth here. I do it at night because I have the time or I like to do it anyway. But, I'm doing this in the morning because I can be in better condition. Because, I don't want to be yawning up a storm here while I'm trying to cast the pot. So, there you have it right there. And now, ladies and gentlemen, on to the main attraction. Well, folks... This weekend marks a very big milestone in broadcasting, especially here in New York's capital region. On Sunday, February 20th, it will mark 100 years to the day that radio station WGY first went on the air. At some time before 8 o'clock on the night of February 20th, 1922, WGY first went on the air from Schenectady, New York, just a good 15 minutes or so from Bullet House, And Colin Hager was the first person heard on the air signing on the station saying that WGY stood for, well, W stood for wireless. G was for General Electric, who would own the station for many, many years. And Y for the last letter of Schenectady. It's still going 100 years later. And I'm very excited to be celebrating this milestone. Well, in one way or another. But in any way... I found out that WGY was getting the centennial celebrations going. I found out there was a podcast that I've listened to. If you're into broadcasting history like I am, especially in this area, may I recommend a podcast called Wireless, 100 Years of WGY. Mike Patrick, who is an anchor and has been in that position for over a decade, has been interviewing as many of the historic voices that have graced the airways of WGY. Guys like Bob Cudmore, for example, I was listening to that on the way home from work tonight. Aaron Brilbeck, a news anchor who was there on 9-11 when it happened. Andrew Wilkow, who started out doing a talk show on the station before going national. He has his own show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio now. I'm sure there's going to be many others between now and then. The daughter of the late, great Don Weeks, whom I remember listening to way back when, every morning or most of it anyway, started out on WGY with my mom in the car and we'd be listening to 810. And WGY was kind of a constant companion for your boy when he wasn't in school or whatnot or out and about. Don Weeks in the Morning, he had been on the air from 1980. He retired in December of 2010. He was going to have his last show be on Christmas Eve that year, but his doctor says, you may want to scale that back there, bud. So two days after that milestone, he went off the air for good. If you remember me with a smile, I did my job. Thank you. Thank all of you. God bless. I have many great memories of listening to the man called Uncle Don. A lot of great segments. Of course, there was always the news and, you know, gabbing around with the guys who were tasked with doing the morning news, of course. But there were great segments like Karnak the Magnificent, or at least... His takeoff of saying that great segment from the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Tabloid news headlines. The philosophy of the commute with Mikey Iacobucci. And of course with pre-recorded applause and then some booze thrown in seconds later. <laughs> A polarizing figure if ever there was any. Uh, what else? Pete Franklin, this cab driver in New York. Wacky, hacky, the Gabby cabby. The top five list like Dave Letterman's but just as funny in half the time. Or as he so put it, a lot of memories. I remember emailing Uncle Don when he found out that he was retiring. I said, hey, thanks for all those great mornings way back when, man. Sure going to miss you on the air. And Don Weeks, unfortunately, passed away in March of 2015. A lot of great voices uh, from before I was born. Guys like Bob Cudmore, Howard Tupper, Earl Pudney. Um. Uh, who else? Uh, Ellie Pankin, one of the first females on WGY. A guy named Al Yaffe Lombardo, whom I don't know from Adam. And of course, I started listening. They started getting into like syndicate programming, like uh, Rush Limbaugh and at. Kim Commando. This is like the early days when I was on the internet, so they made for good listening on weekends. A guy named Ed Martin Saturday middays. Joe Gallagher on Saturday mornings. There were some controversial hosts, too. One I remember was a guy named J.R. Gash. I've never told this story, but I had Don Weeks for the clean stuff coming home and a rather controversial figure in PM Drive accompanying me while I was with my dad in the coffee truck or at home, you know, doing my homework and whatnot. He was controversial. I don't know if it was an act or if... It's like you just flip the switch. Once he's on, he's on. But I uh, had the honor looking back now of meeting him twice when he was out at the steward shops here and they were doing the fundraiser and doing remotes for the christmas wish campaign that's what they would do every holiday season they don't really do that anymore some other cluster of radio stations around here is taking up the mantle so you know met the guy shook his hand got a sign up got a sign a little publicity card and whatnot and that was it you know that's how it was i found out i came home I was a sophomore in college at the time. I could still get WGY at Castleton. Couldn't get it in my dorm, I don't think, at least during the day. So I had to go out to my car and get a little slice of home. You're only an hour away, you know that. I told you to get out of here. Come on. Anyway, I came back. It was October break. And there was a story below the fold in the Albany Times Union. And I had found out that J.R. was, uh, was off the air for... I don't know, he, he said some stuff, but I found out the method behind the madness. The guy was battling mental illness. Ooh boy, and that, there's a 19-going-on 20-year-old Jay Bullet. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, "Whoa, man. Now, we have different attitudes in 2022 towards mental illness and making sure people get the help they need so they don't go completely off the reservation, if uh, you'll pardon the expression. You know, with mental health troubles and whatnot, but oh man, that really hit me. I hope he did get the help. He, I hope Jr. did get the help that he certainly needed. He's taking his act to the air now. He, I've put him out of my mind though. But listen to these podcasts with, uh, I think it was uh, Peter Reef too. I've also listened with him as well. He was had a closer working relationship with Jr. than anybody else in these series of interviews. But oy bagoy, I mean, there was a story like he was just popping Prozac like nobody's business. And that's how it just completely went off the well. So prescription drugs. Oy, oy, oy. Man, it's coming out now. Oof. All right. I hate to bring the mood down, but WGY has given yours truly as a native of the capital region and almost a lifelong resident, say, for four years in college, great amounts of entertainment, information, etc. cetera. All the great news people that have come through, like Jim Gagliardi, who's on his second stint with the station. I remember in the morning, guys like Dan Miller, Chuck Custer, who retired some time ago as the program director. He was also the morning host, took over for the late Don Weeks after he retired. He and Kelly Lynch. And what was that? Don, on weekends, I hear Don Fields and Mary Rosack, Doug Myers, who is now the spokesperson at the Albany Airport. A lot of great names have come through Jack Arnegie, and this is back in the day. WGY was co-owned along with the radio station, you know, FM, which is now 99.5 the River, and WRGB, our CBS affiliate, Channel 6. all three were owned by General Electric. But you know, given the business of broadcasting, radio, television, etc, they would all be split off to different owners. The TV station would be sold off to a different company. It's now owned by this outfit called Sinclair Broadcasting. You may have heard of it. Both the AM and FM stations are owned by iHeartMedia, which earlier was called Clear Channel. You know, back in the mid-80s, GE announced that they were getting out of broadcasting as far as radio and television station ownership. And you know, they were going into buy NBC. So they were getting in on that whole deal. So, on that note, I just wanted to share some memories of Don Weeks and WGY and all those people. I got one story right here with Uncle Don. I remember listening in the morning, too. I mean, just getting up 5 o'clock in the morning as a teenager, I'll just be lying in bed. I have my little radio on my nightstand or wherever. And they'd have, like, WGY Daybreak. they have all these features, the news, of course. And they would have Paul Harvey's rest of the story would be the last thing on before the Don Week show. Paul Harvey was a great broadcaster, and he was on many radio stations across the United States and even broadcast to our men and women overseas who were in the military via Armed Forces Radio. And he had the distinct voice, Hello Americans, this is Paul Harvey, stand by for news. A little exaggeration there, but never mind. And Paul Harvey would come on twice a day with the news thing at the 8.30 news before they got the local section and they would do Paul Harvey, News in Common. And then they would do a longer segment. Well, 8.30 was five minutes long, but then getting close to the lunch hour around midday, they would do like a longer, I think 20-minute section, 15, 20 minutes, I'm not sure how long it was, but they would go in longer form with the, with the segment there and of course he would also do a Saturday edition from what i recall so weekends weekdays nighttime daytime wgy has provided yours truly and many other capital region residents whether they're lifelong residents or just moved here from other parts of the country and other parts of the world a beacon of news information entertainment etc it's been more uh, information for me recently especially you know during the summertime when, you know, there's a storm brewing, I I would tune to WGY and find out where this storm's headed, you know, any severe weather warnings. Snowstorms, of course, this time of year. You know, Don Weeks would be the first to give out school closing. He'd derail the whole program and provide a public service, see whether or not your school was closed. You can go online for that stuff now. So there you have it right there. Happy 100th birthday, WGY, and many more to you. All right, folks, I got to admit two things here. Number one, there was virtually no podcast that came out this week. Pete A. Turner was the only one to produce anything of substance. And that was an interview he did with Eric Kleinsmith, talked all things true crime. D.B. Cooper got to mention. You can follow the show across your social media at Break It Down Show and the host Pete A. Turner at Pete A. Turner. So, nothing going on with GFA Live, Greens from Allentown, Sportscasters, 24-inch pro- podcast and broadcast. Both of them are off. The Loyal Littles podcast, too. So, a very quiet week. Unusual. And also, I have to apologize for the change in room tone and ambient noise. I'm back at my house here at Bullet House, the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. That's where it's located. And that should explain the sudden change in background so they have it right there as for this dog and pony show just join it as it may be we're available on spotify we're available on apple Podcasts, on google Podcasts, your podcatcher of choice if said podcatcher has rating and review capabilities do me a big solid and a huge favor and a huge solid and a big favor strike so out those which do not apply and give me a five star rating and a good write-up that would really help me out so, on that note, we're going to end episode number 150 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, wherein we celebrated and congratulated WGY for 100 years of broadcasting to the great Northeast. And that's going to do it right here. So, I hope you all have a great weekend, or I you're mean, right in the middle of it. Hope you're safe, you're well, and all that sort of thing. I never take the audience for granted, and WGY hasn't either. That's why they've been broadcasting for a century, which is hard to fathom. Now, admission time as I head out the door, I normally end each episode, or most of them anyway, with Feel It All Around by Washed Out. You may remember it's a theme from the long-running IFC sitcom, Portlandia. Well, I heard this track, New Year's Night, as I was waiting for Joe Bruno and Adam Parada to arrive at Canteen, I was sitting at the bar, and the song you're hearing in the background came up, and I thought it was a nice, chill vibe to it. Nice way to start the new year. So thanks to the Shazam function on my phone, I found it. this is a track called Never Lost, and the artist is known as Amtrak. Amtrak's spelled with a C, not with a K, with the railroads and all that. So a nice, chill vibe as we wrap up this episode. Again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time, whenever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. Oh, the great northeast is special. Come on and share the fun. And we're proud to spread the feeling on Radio 81. Yeah, we're proud to live in the great northeast. W-G-Y. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good job. This has been a Kitty Pod Production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world.